So, like, I birthed a 9-12 baby with shoulder dystocia naturally at home mm-hmm. after three C-sections, being old and being overweight. <laughs> Welcome to the Happy Home Birth Podcast, your source for positive natural childbirth stories and your community of support, education, and encouragement in all things home birth and motherhood. You can't have a home birth after three C-sections, preeclampsia, and being a geriatric pregnancy, can you? Hey there, happy home birthers, and welcome to this week's episode of the Happy Home Birth Podcast. I'm your host, Caitlin Fusco, and today we are speaking with Jan D'Angelo, 43-year-old mother of four babies who changed everything in between her third and fourth births. We'll hear how she took control of her care and her family's well-being and gave birth with confidence to her most recent little one. Okay, let's jump in. Please remember that the opinions of my guests may not necessarily reflect my own and vice versa. And the show is not medical advice. It's an educational tool. So continue to take empowered responsibility for your health and your family. Jan, thank you so much for coming on the Happy Home Birth Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm thrilled to have you. I'm excited to dive into your stories. There is so much goodness for us to cover today. So would you mind taking just a moment here at the beginning to introduce yourself and your family to the listeners? Uh, My name is Jan. I'm 43 years old, uh, mother of four amazing kiddos. Um, Let's see. (laughs) We originally from Massachusetts, but we moved to Utah about three and a half years ago. Um, our kids had a lot of illnesses, um, mold was a big contributor. So we had heard going to a drier climate can sometimes help that. So we just packed up all our stuff one day and moved. Actually, we left most of our, actually, we left 98% of our stuff there because mycotoxins and everything. And we needed to really start over. So, um, but my kids did better and I felt better. So we ended up staying. Amazing. Yeah. And um, I'm a nurse. I've been a nurse for about 14 years. I've worked in a lot of different fields, um, mostly home care, uh, mostly pediatric home care. I worked with individual families, um, mostly babies and toddlers on ventilators, um, with G-tubes, stuff like that, um, you know, just keeping them in the home. And uh, I loved it. I love being a nurse. I love helping people. Um, it's been a passion of mine. So yeah, I've got a great husband. He's very supportive. Um, he thinks I'm crazy a lot of the time, but he's just like, I don't understand, but I'm going to trust you and we're going to do this. So um, th- I'm so thankful for him because I, yeah, we would not be where we are right now without his like continuous love support for my mm. crazy antics. <laughs> Amazing. Yes. That, that ability to be like, all right, let's, let's pack up ourselves at least. <laughs> Let's pack up ourselves and move to Utah. That's yeah, that's right? pretty incredible. Yeah. Wow. Well, awesome. Well, I'd love for us to kind of go back to the beginning. So okay. where were you? What what was your life like as you became pregnant with your first child? And how did that pregnancy and birth unfold? Um so let's see. I'd been with my now husband about two years and um I think I was like 30 and, you know, we were kind of, we were living together and 
you know, kind of got started talking about marriage and kids and all that stuff. And for me, I'd come from a, like a house of divorce. And so I wasn't really big on marriage at that point. Um, and I, but I wanted kids. I knew I wanted kids since I was little, I had grown up nannying and babysitting and coaching kids sports. And, um, you know, I was still at the time, even though I was a nurse, I was still nannying on the side. Um, I just love kids. I wanted to have kids. So I was like, you know, don't care about the house, don't care about marriage, but you know, let's have kids. And so we decided to start not, not trying anymore. And a month later we were pregnant. (laughs) So, um, you know, very excited. Um, my pregnancy was pretty good. Um, I'm lucky I've never had nausea or any like morning sickness with any of my pregnancies. Um, so I know I'm very lucky for that. But it went pretty smooth up until about six months, seven months. Then I started like swelling. My blood pressure started um, getting a little high, but not too bad. Um, I did go until, let's see, I was 40 and three. And my, I woke up in the middle of the night and when I am, my water, and I got out of bed to go to the bathroom and my water broke. And I just remember standing there and being like, I'm going to flood. We were in a condo at then. And I was like, I'm going to flood to the downstairs. Like, oh my gosh, it won't stop. Like, what is going on? It's so much. And my husband woke up. He's like, go to the bathroom. I'm like, I can't move. <laughs> um, so my water broke. I called and they were like, okay, just, you know, hang out. And because I wasn't having contractions or anything like that. And they're like, just hang out. And, you know, when you start having contractions and they, you know, call us back and come in. And I was like, wait, we're just supposed to hang out now. Like, this is our first baby. Like my water broke. Like, don't I supposed to run to the hospital and like have it now? And <laughs> So my husband and I were just kind of like sitting there staring at each other <laughs> at two in the morning, like trying to watch TV because um, there was no way I was going back to bed. And uh, and then I went to the bathroom and there was blood. And so, of course, you know, being first time and I didn't really do. I mean, I read some of the books, but I kind of just was winging it. And uh, so I panicked, called again and they said, come in. So I went in and, um, you know, 26 hours later, <laughs> there was nothing going on still. And mm-hmm. so they were like, we're going to induce you. Um, your water's been broken. You're going to get an infection or you're at high risk for infection. You know, started to kind of like scare, get like scared a little bit. Um, so I was like, okay, so we started with the Pitocin and my baby hated it. So every time they would increase it, her heart rate would just drop and just went on like this for hours I'm just there was a lot to this but I'm just going to be kind of short with it ended up in emergency c-section um just not my favorite experience um you know she came up healthy and okay and I was okay but you know I got sick from all the meds they had given me and just I could feel everything before, like when they started because it was an emergency and it just and I couldn't hold her and I was so sick and like shaking and you know, and it was traumatic for my husband because they wheeled me out of the room and just kind of threw scrubs at him. And then he came out in the hallway and he had no idea where I was, you know, I had waited for him. So it was just like, I don't want to say it was a bad experience because we got a beautiful baby, healthy girl, you know, but it, it wasn't, <laughs> it was pretty traumatic for everybody involved. Um, so that was the first <laughs> pregnancy and birth. Um But like I said, we have a beautiful baby girl named Bryn, and she was great. And um, then a couple of years later, you know, we had moved into a house, and we thought we were ready for baby number two. And so 
I got pregnant again. Um, and this pregnancy, again, same thing, like up until about six, seven months was great. And then I started swelling. And this one, um, my blood pressure was staying like right on the verge of high. Um, but my swelling was really bad. And then at about 36 weeks, um, I started getting shortness of breath and, um, at 37 weeks, I went into the hospital. I went to, I went in to get checked for my blood pressure and it was, you know, like 150s over a hundred. And so they sent me in and, um, we ended up, you know, they tested my protein for urine, you know, I had preeclampsia. And so they were like, you're 37 weeks today. So if you want, we can take the baby out now. We think it'd be the safest. So we ended up doing a C-section that night. And again, like, not how I wanted it to go. Um, <laughs> had you planned at the time? So um, we did. Yes. So I was going to have a C-section. I had a, I had scheduled a C-section because they told me when my, after my first that, you know, I probably wasn't going to be able to deliver vaginally. Um, they told me that, you know, I had big babies and my uterus was tilted and I was, so at this point, let's see how old was I with Griffin. Uh, I was like 34, so I wasn't. You weren't old yet. <laughs> um, but I was overweight. But you were close. <laughs> but I was overweight. And then the history of the emergency C-section uh, for failure to progress during labor. So they had, you know, just told me, I basically they considered me high risk my whole pregnancy. They kept telling me it was high risk, high risk, high risk. And so then, you know, so they're like, oh yeah, you should just schedule a C-section. So I, that's what I had done. And so mm -hmm. then when it ended up, they're like, oh, we'll take them out now at 37 weeks. I was just like, okay, like, yeah, let's get them out and let's do this. And I was miserable. Like my pregnancy, like from like seven months on, I was just not happy. Like it was just, it just didn't feel good. And I was so swollen and just, yeah. So mm. I was like, okay, yeah, let's take him out. You know, like he's full term considered. And so we did and he came out and he was fine and, you know, happy, healthy baby boy. And, um, he was, let's see, my first one was 8.14, and he was 8.6, but he was three weeks early. So they did have, I did have big babies. Um, and so then my, we weren't sure if we wanted more, but three years later, we were like, all right, let's do one more, one more. We got this. <laughs> <laughs> three is good. Two is great. Three will be great. Um, so we decided to try again. We got pregnant. Luckily, I didn't have any problem getting pregnant with any of them. I think the first one was right away. The second one maybe took two or three months. And then the third one, um, again, we just stopped not, not trying. And, and then a couple months, I was pregnant again. So this time I was geriatric pregnancy. And now they're like, oh, you've had two C-sections. Like you are high risk. Um, you know, we have to do all these things, you know, come in like, more op often and checking everything. And, and I just, I think my blood pressure started to rise earlier with this pregnancy because of the constant, like in my mind, like this is your high risk. So I felt mm -hmm. high risk. So I would go into the doctor and they'd be like, hey, we need to check your blood, blood pressure, make sure it's not high. So of course I would, you know, tense up and be all nervous and which would increase it even more. 
For sure. I feel like that is, it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy, you know, where they tell you you're high risk, you're high risk, you're a problem, your body's a problem, you know, what do you expect to have happen when we're just (laughs) inundating somebody with all of this negativity based off of really minimal information? Right, exactly. And so, you know, I just believed I was high risk. So I believed all these things were going to happen. And I just didn't help with to keep me calm and peaceful and like, you know, accepting of my pregnancy. It was, it was like, you know, it wasn't this beautiful, natural thing. It was like I had a medical condition. Like mm-hmm. that's how I felt. Um, so I got, I had gestational diabetes with this one. Um, preeclampsia started earlier. Um, my blood pressure was higher. Um, I was just on baby aspirin. I didn't want to go on meds, so I tried to control it with diet and stuff like that. Um, but again, you know, that 37 weeks hit and I was just, you know, in there and they're like, okay, she's full term. Like we should take her out. Mm-hmm. Um, and so again, another C-section, this one wasn't as my second one went really well. It was like easy and great and, um, chill. This one, I had my blood pressure kept dropping um, once the baby was out and my blood sugar was low. Um, so I just felt so sick afterwards. I couldn't even hold her because I felt like I was going to drop her. Um, she was a big baby. She was 8'8", eight, eight, again, three weeks early. Um, and she she had low blood sugar too when she first came out. And so it was just like, you know, a lot of extra stuff to recover from. Um, but again... For the most part, happy, healthy baby, and my recoveries from my C-sections were really good, luckily. Um, I was up and moving the next day, and, um, you know, I, I did take it easy for a couple of weeks so that I was able to recover and not set myself back. So, um, but again, you know, three C-sections, it was a lot, <laughs> uh, mentally, physically, emotionally, um, but I had three healthy kids. Um, and we were done. (laughs) That was it. Like, you know, we were happy with three. I was old, older, even older now. (laughs) Um, and so, and then when I was, when my son was four, he was diagnosed with, I don't know if you've heard of pans or pans. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. So my son had changed overnight. Um, actually, Jan, would you mind explaining it to the listeners? Sure. Um, so pandas is, Pediatric, let me see if I can think. <laughs> so PANS is Pediatric Acute Onset Neuropsychiatric Syndrome. It's basically when a virus or um, any kind of, like one of our triggers was mold. Um, it could be um, after vaccinations. Um, there's a bunch of things that can trigger uh, an, an overactive immune response, which affects the basal ganglia of the brain and causes neuropsychiatric symptoms. So my son all of a sudden developed OCD and ADHD and sensory issues. And he became a picky eater. He was down to like four foods, um, mood swings, rages. He stopped sleeping. He stopped playing with other kids. Um, he was extremely bright. He taught himself to read and write at three. And at four, he stopped reading. He stopped writing. Um, he literally just like became this angry little like ball of 
I don't even know. It was just it like was, tension and yeah, yeah. It was. I mean, we we stopped leaving the house, and we would always have plan A, B, C, D. Like if something sets Griffin off, like what are we gonna do? Um, and at home, it was just constant fighting, and he had severe anxiety and separation anxiety, and um, you know, school which he had loved. He didn't want, never wanted to go. So every day was a, a battle. I mean, even getting him in the car it took an hour to get him dressed. Mm. And I just kept going back to the doctor over and over again. And it was like, he has middle child syndrome. Uh, he needs more discipline at home. Um, you know, it's just like all these things. Oh, he has ADHD. Oh, he's autistic. That was like the final thing. So we went to neurologists at Boston Children's Hospital. We were to see PD rheumatologists, you know, behavioral therapists, occupational therapists, all these people. And nobody, and they kept saying like, he's this, he's this, he's this, but nobody could tell me why. Nobody could tell me why he all of a sudden changed overnight um, until finally I, he developed vocal and motor tics and I, and I went back to the pediatrician's like, Oh, this is normal at this age. If he doesn't grow out of it in a year, it just means he has Tourette's. And I'm like, how, how is a neurological symptom normal for a four year old? That doesn't make any sense to me. And so I was, I mean, I was up all night researching everything and just talking to anyone who would listen and I finally posted a video of him in the mom's group and was like, you know, my son started doing these tics. Does anyone have any experience with this? And one woman was like, has he had strep throat recently? Have you heard of pandas? And pandas is pans. It's just associated with strep. So after strep throat, they kind of change because again, the virus causes, you know, an overactive immune system, which starts attacking the brain instead of the virus. Um, and I was like, oh, he had strep last August. And this kind of started the end of September. Like, so I started reading that and I was like, check, 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 like all of this stuff. So, I mean, I could talk about this for hours, but <laughs> short, long story short, we finally got into a pan specialist. Um, we tested him. We went to a naturopath and tested him for mold, came back. He had, um, high mycotoxin load, five different species, um, he had Lyme disease. You know, we lived in New England. Um, what I found out later is that I actually, all my kids tested positive for Lyme, as did I, so I passed it to them in utero, um, is what we're thinking. Um, and then uh, he had high aluminum levels. Um, so there's just heavy metals and so many things um, that our kids are exposed to, and also yeah. pesticides. Oh, yeah. Um, so he, so what I found out was, you know, they diagnosed him as you know, having, on being on the spectrum and having autism when in fact he had an overloaded toxin load, um, in his body and he, he just could not detox fast enough to have it not affect him. And so we started detoxing him for heavy metals and for mold. And we started treating his Lyme with herbals and we changed his diet. We got all rid of inflammatory foods. So gluten, dairy, you know, corn, cause it's high in pesticides, um, sugar, and he came back. It was like, <laughs> you know, I mean, we're still healing him four or five years later, but he's, I mean, he lives a normal life. He has a happy, healthy, like social kid. He goes to sleepovers. He plays sports. Um, he does well in school. He does not rage. He sleeps through the night. He eats a wide variety of foods. Um, so yeah, so it was really just an amazing thing, but that started us on our kind of new lifestyle of non-toxic 
uh, or low tox, I should say, because non-tox, it's kind of impossible. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So we changed everything. I mean, I went a little like immediate. I was like, got rid of, you know, all cleaning agents in our dishwasher detergent, hand soaps, our shampoos, our conditioners, our detergent, laundry detergent, everything. We just went to like plant-based or non-toxic candles, everything like that, clothes, cotton, clothing. Um, We started eating organic, um, you know, got rid of processed foods and sugars and uh, and as a nurse, it was like kind of hard thing to swallow, um, like that all this was affecting him, um, you know, and causing all these things that were considered like common and normal these days but his sensory issues went away his OCD went away his ADHD went away he you know it was just and then my other kids got diagnosed too they had milder versions of hands but it was our house we found out had mold in 14 of the walls from leaky windows so oh boy yeah that was a huge one so you know we had to remediate and all that stuff but then the remediation didn't work so we ended up just moving (laughs) but anyway so fast forward um to 2022 I we were done having kids our kids were thriving in Utah everyone was you know healthier and happier and we had slowed down our lifestyle um and just kind of were enjoying I started homeschooling um we're spending more time together I was working nights as a nurse so I could homeschool during the day um and I was at a homeopathy class and very cool (laughs) someone brought this woman with she has like a body scanner so it basically reads your 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 energy and can tell you if your your organs are imbalanced and stuff like that and she's like who wants to who wants to volunteer and I said oh I do you know (laughs) I want to do it and so I did it and she's like going over my results and she's like oh you have a lot of emotional energy in your reproductive system and, uh, and I was joking around, like, oh, does this mean I'm pregnant? Now, at the time, I my hormones were all out of balance. I had been told I was in perimenopause because uh, I had no progesterone. Um, I was estrogen dominant. Um, you know, I was, I was working on everything and trying to fix it, but it wasn't there. And my periods were every, like, three to four months if I even got one. So there was just no consistency. And so I was joking around, like, you know, and at this point I was 41, so I'm like, oh, am I pregnant? And she's like, oh, I don't know. I've never heard that. Um, you know, and that was kind of it. So I'm driving home that day. And I was like, I don't even know when my last period was. And I don't get, like I said, I don't get the morning sickness or the nausea. So I'm like, oh, my goodness. Like, no way. No way. Like, this can't. Because we were, you know, we were not trying. We were not trying. Um, but I wouldn't go back on birth control because of everything I had learned about it. Um, with my other kids. Um, Once I, you know, I went on the marina twice and it just made me kind of crazy. And so I just told my husband no more birth control. Mm -hmm. So I got home, I I took a pregnancy test just for peace of mind, just to make, you know, to tell myself I wasn't. Sure. The lines were like, boom, boom, like, like so dark, darker than I've ever been. There's your peace of mind. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Like no way, like no way. Like we didn't bring any baby stuff with us when we moved. Like we got rid of everything. Like we, you know, like our youngest was about to turn five. You know, we were out of diapers. We were, were, you know, I could leave my kids home independently for like run to the store. And so, uh, you know, I told my, I was going to like make a big thing that I was like, I can't even just like, this is just, I just so had to tell him. So, and he was like, take another test. (laughs) Maybe take four. (laughs) 
And then he was like reading on his phone. He's like, I heard these blue ones. They're not always accurate. It's like, you need the pink dye. We have to get the pink dye. And I was like, honey, I'm pretty sure this one says pregnant on it. Like it says pregnant. <laughs> like it's not even a line. And he's like, okay, okay. All right. So we're doing this. Cause he was turning 40, you know, and I was just like, okay. Um, so it was a big shock, but you know, like after it sunk in and we were like, okay, like we're doing this now. Our son, it was interesting because our son had been telling us for two years that he was going to have a little brother. And he was like, no, I'm going to be a brother again. Like there's going to be two girls, two boys. Like I'm going to, and we're like, no buddy, you're not like, sorry, that ship sailed. Like we're not having any more kids. He's like, I am, I am. And so, <laughs> okay, had the knew. last laugh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, um, so I just decided, you know, I'm going to do everything different this pregnancy. I want, I want to do a VDAC. Um, you know, because there was no physical reason why I couldn't have had a vaginal birth with my other three births. And I had done like so much learning, you know, over the last four years when we were changing our lifestyle. And so I was like, all right, I'm going to get a midwife and I'm going to do this and we're going to do a home birth. And my husband was like, what? <laughs> you know, like, he's like, I have supported you in so many things in the last four years, but what? Like, he just he's like I, I don't can't you just go to the hospital and do a vaginal birth and I could not because in Utah state law if you've had more than two c-sections you no um licensed person can deliver you um and so I, they left me no choice like you know so um I had to find an unlicensed midwife <laughs> which there are a lot of so that they can mm -hmm. do things like this for people, um, you know, deliver twins, deliver breach, um, deliver after two, more than two C-sections. Um, and so I, I interviewed a couple and, you know, the first two were like, Oh, like you've had preeclampsia twice. Um, and you've had three C-sections and they just would go into like the risks immediately. And I'm like, okay, nope. Like I need mm -hmm. someone who is confident in their ability and my ability to make this happen. Whether or not it does in the end, because I wasn't like, I'm going to deliver this baby at home no matter what. You know, if it came down to it, if I, if my blood pressure got high, if something happened, like I obviously like would switch over and just make sure that myself and my baby were safe. But there was no reason that I couldn't try. Right. So and I, and also thinking about how different your lifestyle sounds yes. like it was between yeah. those previous times and this like of course you're a great candidate you are you're totally different and and really invested totally in this experience yeah. yeah and like even like as far as like mindset goes like I was into meditation and grounding and just kind of really like there's just so many different aspects that go in to pregnancy and birth and like I never realized it before that your mindset is such a huge part of making it successful um and so I was like okay like so you know I meditated on it I thought about it and I was like no I want to do this like whether it works or not I want to give this my all and so I finally I found a midwife um, you know, and I told her, finally talked to one and I told her my story and she's like, great, let's do this. And I was like, oh, like, okay. Like, you're not going to say like I'm high risk. And she's like, you're not high risk until you're high risk. 
So mm-hmm. no, as of right now, you're low risk. You're fine. And you know, if you want to, this to make this happen, we're going to make this happen. And wow, so that's she gave, amazing. Yeah. So she gave me some pointers, you know, she's like, you can do baby aspirin if you want. I didn't want to, cause I really try not to take any medications. We've basically been in, my family's just been doing like holistic medicine for the last four years. Um, my kids have not been to a sick visit since mm-hmm. 2018. Um, yeah. You know, I don't treat fevers right away. I let them run their course. Um, I use homeopathy, we use a lot of herbals. Um, and yeah, we, uh, none of us have been to the doctor for a sick visit in five years. So take that as <laughs> for whatever it yep. is. Um, but it's been... For me as a nurse, when I used to take all the meds and get all the flu shots and do the stuff, like I was always sick. My kids were always sick. My first two lived at the pediatrician's office. I'm mm. talking eczema, chronic ear infections, bronchiolitis, pneumonia, like chronic runny noses, all this stuff. My third child who we switched at a year um, into holistic care, she's like my least sick child. She's never had an ear infection. She's never had surgery. She's never been on antibiotics, nothing. So, so anyway, so I was like, I don't want to take the baby aspirin. If I need to, I will, but let's just wait. And so I started researching and, you know, I learned that taking meg, so I upped my magnesium supplements and I started drinking Nora tea, which is nettle, uh, oat straw, alfa, uh, raspberry leaf and alfalfa. And it has so many nutrients and vitamins and it just is supposed to help with you know basically overall health and your blood pressure and um so I started drinking that daily and I was eating really clean um a very high protein diet I was trying to get in like 100 grams or more protein a day which is really hard but um you know I finally got the hang of it um and I was cooking a lot of my foods and trying to walk daily and now at this point like no I was already overweight so um and I was 41. And so like, you know, all these things that, you know, consider high risk, but I wasn't hearing that this pregnancy, no one was telling me I was high risk. Um, and you know, I wasn't, you know, I had a midwife, she was coming to the house, she was coming to my house and she was talking to me for, you know, half hour, 45 minutes. Um, and it just made such a big difference. Like I wasn't nervous. I wasn't anxious. I wasn't thinking like, oh my gosh, like this and this could happen. It was more like, this is great. And I'm going to do this and, you know, I'm going to have my home birth. And I started watching all these home birth videos on YouTube and I started listening to your podcast. And that's when it was like, oh, this is amazing. And I literally like religiously listened to your podcast. I listened to episodes over and over and over again. And, you know, I would specifically seek out like, you know, VBACs and, um, you know, like after multiple VBACs or one VBAC or, you know, mothers who are overweight and told they couldn't do it because, you know, they had to have a C-section because their baby's going to be too big. And um, so, yeah, I just (laughs) really kind of, focused on all the positives of pregnancy and I really enjoyed this was the first pregnancy that I like really enjoyed oh Um, man that's so cool it was I mean it was great and I got my kids involved and they were you know involved in my appointments with the midwife and they watched the videos with me of the home birth and um you know I had so my daughter was 10 and then my son was eight and then my other daughter was five so it was just like really fun to like get them in. and they were all so excited about you know having another baby and 
Um, so, so yeah, so it was, it, you know, it just went really well. And I ended up, um, going to, so I didn't get preeclampsia. I never had high blood pressure throughout the whole pregnancy, not once. I mean, and you know, my, I did swell at the end, but like not nothing compared to what I'd done before. Um, you know, I just, I never felt bad. I was just, I was still hiking with the kids, you know, at eight months pregnant. And, wow. um, it was just a totally different experience. And That's so, incredible. yeah. And I went, so I went to 40 and five. Oh, right. That is a lot of weeks more. Right. Um, yeah. And, um, you know, and I was, we, my midwife, you know, wanted me to try to kind of bring up like induce labor naturally because of my history and because of my age and stuff like that. Just, and I, I do, you know, have big babies. Um, and so when we were 40 and five and we were talking about going to maybe do the midwife sprue, um, with the castor oil just to kind of get things started if I didn't go naturally. And then that night at like 1am, I got up to go to the bathroom, same thing as my first one and my water broke. <laughs> and so, um, Oh shoot, my phone is getting low on battery. Oh boy. Um, yeah, I'll have to plug it in. Yeah, that's um, fine. Take your time. If you need to stop and get up and get things, that's totally fine. I'll pause real quick. Okay, yeah. Can you pause real quick? Sorry. Yep. Okay. So my water broke and, um, you know, I was not anything like the first time. I was like, okay, like I'm not having contractions or anything. So I'm going to go downstairs. I'm going to make myself some tea. I'm going to bounce on my ball and just kind of enjoy the quiet. <laughs> Cause I wasn't, there's, I wasn't going to be able to go back to bed cause I was too excited. Um, and I had, ha I had set up my room like, <laughs> um, so I originally was going to do, Oh, I'll do the home birth in the bathroom cause it was big enough. And then I just was like, I don't like the aesthetic of the bathroom. So I was like, I want to do it in the bedroom. And so like, I kind of made my, room all nice and cozy and I had all these friends who did um a baby blessing for me um and they had written they had painted these like pieces of paper like in purples and blues and greens like my favorite colors and they had just all written things like quotes in them like um you know you and your baby know what to do your body is strong and knows what to do and so I had hung them up all over the room and I had like twinkly lights and it was just I was very excited to have my baby there and bring him into the world in this type of environment. And so anyway, so I just was very calm. I went downstairs and again, I was listening to some more <laughs> podcasts, home birth podcasts. I'm like, last minute. <laughs> yeah. Just last minute. Just like, you know, okay, like let's get in, let's get in the zone. You know, like this is happening. <laughs> you've been waiting 40 weeks for this, like, you know, like, but really you've been waiting your whole life for this. Mm -hmm. And so, um, I said, and then I started having, I started having contractions, but they were like five minutes apart. And so I was just timing them and I just let my midwife, I gave her a heads up and I had also, um, got a doula too. And I have to say, like, if you're thinking of getting a doula, like a hundred thousand million percent would say do it because she was vital to my labor and everything. <laughs> so I like, she was just amazing. And I, yeah couldn't have done it without her. So anyway, <laughs> just want to throw that in there. If you're thinking of getting a doula, you will not regret it. You will not. <laughs> um, and oh, and I had had to switch doulas um, 
three weeks before I was due oh, because wow. my friend was my doula and she, her husband got this job out of the blue and they had to move four hours away. Oh my and word. She was pregnant herself and she's like, no, I'll come up and I'll stay. I'm like, no, no, no. I'm not putting you through the stress of moving and then like coming and staying with your family when you're pregnant. Like, it's okay. Like, it's okay. And so I found someone else and last minute and she was great. But, um, so yeah, I was drinking tea and bouncing on my ball and just kind of listening, kind of getting in the mood and, you know, the contractions were pretty consistent, um, throughout the night and at like around four or 5 AM, they were cut every two minutes and lasting about a minute. So I called my midwife and, and, uh, you know, at the time, like thinking back, like she was definitely like, this is your first vaginal birth. Like there's no way <laughs> you're ready already. <laughs> it's been like three or four hours. Um, you know, but I was like, oh, they're, they're this. And like, so she's like, okay, like I'll come. And so she lived like an hour away, but she did, she did. She got in her car at four in the morning and she drove to see me and labor had stopped. <laughs> like it stopped completely by the time she got there. So she was like, okay, like, let's just, you know, um, you can do some curb walking, do, um, oh my gosh, what is, you probably. The mile circuit. Know. Yes. The mile circuit. Do it that. It felt like that's what it was. <laughs> yeah. So I was doing that and I was curb walking and I was bouncing on the ball and I was, you know, doing all the things and keeping myself calm and, uh, and nothing. So this was Monday. So it was Sunday night. So this was Monday, all day Monday nothing. <laughs> um, Monday night contraction started again, but like, you know, so far apart, nothing really was going on there. And we get to Monday morning and we were just checking in and, um, it was nothing. And so now it'd been, so my water broke you know, Sunday night at one. And so my midwife was like, how do you feel about the midwife's brew? And then this is one of the biggest things that like, was a huge part of it too, is I had choices mm -hmm. for the first time. I wasn't being told like, you need to do this or your baby's going to die. You need to do this or you're going to get an infection. You need to do this or like, you know, something bad is going to happen. Mm -hmm. Throughout my whole pregnancy, my midwife was like, here are your options. What would you like to do? And I just like empowering me to like be able to make those choices. And it was just it made such a difference. So, you know, she wasn't pressuring me like, Oh, your water broke. You're going to get an infection. It's been over 24 hours. It was more like, so, you know, what do you think? Do you want to mm -hmm. kind of get this thing going? I don't want to wait too long just because again, because of my, you know, past history and everything. Um, she didn't want to wait too long. And so I was like, yeah, you know what? Like if I don't have contractions by noon today, um, I'll try, I'll, I'll take the midwife's brew. And had you slept by the way, Jan? Like, did yes. you get, okay. Yeah. Cool. So I'd been sleeping. Yeah. I'd definitely been sleeping and napping and, um, you know, I was napping with my kids trying to get that oxytocin going. Like we were cuddling, stuff like that, trying to do all this stuff. And so, um, at 12 o'clock, there's still nothing. And I had like walked the block four times and like walk, I've been up and down our stairs like 25 times and done all these, all, I've done, I did all the things. You did your um, part. That's for sure. I did my part. Yep. <laughs> I even got, you know, got my husband involved. Yeah. There's no, nothing. Um, I, I was pumping too. I'd been pumping for two days. Um, and so, no, no, he was very comfortable in there. So 
um, at two o'clock, I was like, okay, at two o'clock, I'm going to just do it. So at two o'clock, I drank the midwife's brew, I did the mile circuit again, and then I laid down to take a nap. And 2.30, contractions started. <laughs> like, they started, like, boom. So I had not realized that, like, because my water was broken already, and because I did the castor oil, like, these were going to be intense from the beginning. So... <laughs> It was like hit me every two minutes, like so, like right from the start. Um, and so, you know, I was just working through them again. I was, you know, on my ball, on the bed, doing different positions. My husband was doing, you know, pressure points. Um, and my doula came like right away. She was great. She's like, well, I can come now. I was like, well, I just started having contractions, but they're pretty intense. She's like, I'll just come. I'll come and whatever you need. I'll be there. And my niece was living with us at the time. Um, she had actually moved out from Massachusetts to like for a change of scenery. Uh, she's 27. She's like, Oh, I can come help you with the kids and, you know, do all this stuff. And she'd come out like last minute, like totally unexpected, like said yes when I asked her and didn't think she was going to. And then two weeks after she moved out, I found out I was pregnant. So it was like, okay, divine intervention here. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Cause like I needed her help through the pregnancy mm -hmm. with working and homeschooling and everything. And I was going to need her help after the baby. <laughs> That's so, so cool. Yeah. So she was there to help with like the other kids and, um, you know, and they were coming in, bringing me drinks and stuff like that. And, um, I had told them that like, not everyone yells, you know, during, um, labor, like, you know, and we'd watch videos and stuff, but yeah, I was definitely like, ah. <laughs> you know, like doing some my, people do <laughs> my low moans, but like, you know, I was getting my mouth, you know, because I had learned the cervix and the mouth are all connected. And so I was you know, trying to do my low, like, oh, <laughs> doing that. And, um, you know, my kids were like, I thought you weren't going to yell. It's okay. You thought like, wrong. This is a good thing. Like every time I do, it's getting the baby closer to coming out and meeting us. And, you know, I was trying to you know, make it. So, you know, it's not a negative thing. It's not a negative yelling. It's a positive yelling. Um, I was pretty much only happy in the shower. <laughs> so I'd literally sit in the hot shower and just let it beat on my back and lean against the wall until it got cold. And then I'd be so sad <laughs> to get out. Um, but my husband was great. He was just, you know, I'm glad my doula was there to kind of help him. <laughs> he was a little frazzled. Um, but uh, but yeah, so it went well and then it was just, you know, constant contractions, you know, from, from two thirty on. Um, and at one point I was like, I get it. I understand why people call it quits, drive to the hospital and get that epidural. Like I hundred percent understand that because I'm like, I don't know if I can do this. Like, this is, this is a lot. And, uh, you know, and everyone's like, you can, like, you've come this far, like you can do this. And so, you know, um, I don't even remember the timeline. It was so long. Well, seven months ago. Um, but, uh, you know, I just went like through the day like that, like just support and, you know, pressure points and everything. And then um, I felt all of a sudden I was like, you know, my doula is like, how are you feeling? Like, I think I have to poop. <laughs> you know? And so she's like, okay, I'm going to call the midwife. And so she called my midwife and she's like, okay, I'm coming. And this was probably at like, I want to say seven o'clock at night. Um, and she got there and she's like, now again, the choice, I can check you. I don't have to, 
um, you know, you're, it's up to you. And so I was like, yes, like, I want you to check me and see where we're at. And I think I was at like five centimeters. Um, and I was like, what? Like only at five, you know, it's been going on for days. And she's like, nope, it's only been a couple hours. <laughs> and, uh, so, you know, I was like, okay, like, that's fine. Like I can do this. Like we'll get there. And she's like, this is your first vaginal birth. You have to remember that some, they usually last like 20 hours. Like they, you know, people can be in labor for days. You're doing great. And so, She's like, um, you know, just keep doing what you're doing. And then, like, I started, like, getting more pressure and more pressure and more pressure. And then, finally, she was like, okay, I think you're, like, close to getting ready to go. Like, we don't have time to fill up the tub. And I was like, no, um, because I really wanted to do a water birth. And she's like, do you want to get in the bathtub? And I'm like, uh, okay, fine. Like, I really – I was like, I don't – How quickly did that, did that happen, that switch from you got checked and you were five to – to like, it was like 30 minutes and there, if, I don't know, like 20, 30 minutes. Like it was, yep. like, yeah, just it's going. crazy. You know, yeah. it's it just, once again, it's like those centimeters don't mean anything. Like your right? body can go from five to 10 like that. Yeah. So they really don't. And so all of a sudden I was just like, okay, like she's like, well, Oof. let's get you in the tub. And I was like, oh, I don't want to give birth in the tub in the bathroom, but fine. That's fine. It's, so I got in the tub and I pushed for, I want to say like an hour and a half, two hours in the tub. And finally she was like, I don't, you know, like it's not progressing. Let's take a breather. And so she's like, let's check you again and see what's going on. And so I got out of the tub, much to my dismay, <laughs> so it was warm in there and back on the bed. And she checked me and he had like basically gone back up. And this is where she started to think like, I think he might be stuck. And so she said, I'm going to give, we need to give your cervix and your body a break. Um, so I don't want you to push. And I was like in my head, like there was so many curse words going on in there because I'm like, wait, what? Like, like what? How? Like, so you want me to have a contraction and not push? Like, and I was like, for how long? Like thinking like five minutes, 10 minutes, minutes. she's like, maybe like an hour. And, I, and at this point I'm like, you're crazy. You're crazy. Like, nope, this baby's coming out. Like, no way. And she's like, I know it's hard. I know it's not what you want to hear. And like, but you can do this again. Like just the support of like, you've got this, not like, Hey, we're going to take you and open you up because you're not progressing. You know? So I was like, okay, I can do this. So I don't even know how I did it, but I did. I rested. I didn't push. I rode those contractions, um, you know, for like another hour or so maybe now it was like, I don't even know. So now it's nine, nine o'clock, nine thirty at night. Um, and she's like, okay, you did great. She's like, let's check again. And she checked again. And I was at like an eight. And so not pushing and even just like relaxing or trying to relax as much as I could, you know, open me up another three centimeters. So She's like, do you want to get in the tub? Like now that we have time, like now we can do this. And cause, and, or yeah. So I was like, yes, yes. Like that's what I want. So they started filling it up. So they're filling the tub up and someone pulled the hose and it disconnected and it flooded our bathroom. And so now oh. of course, so my husband, you know, I can hear him. I'm not really paying attention, but I can hear like, if we get mold in this, you know, cause like we're like, you know, PTSD from mold. He's like, if we get mold in this bathroom now, <laughs> freak out. And he's using all the towels to clean up the water. Um, you know, and dealing with that while I'm, you know, basically in the tub, like transitioning. 
Um, so it was a little crazy, but I was just like focused. And so, you know, I was in there and I was, so now it's like, I don't know, 1030 and, um, and I was like, okay, like, this is it. Like he's coming. And so, you know, I started pushing it. She's like, okay, let's start pushing. And I was, um, I forget how I was on my knees because that felt the most comfortable. Um, and I could feel his head and he was crowning and the ring of fire and all that good stuff. And, um, and then she realized that he did, he was stuck. So he had shoulder dystocia. So his shoulder was stuck. So, you know, she was like, stop pushing, stop pushing. Let's um, do something. And so she's like, okay, on the next push, she had my husband. She's like, I need you to lift her leg this way. And so like he went over to the side of the tub and like reached in and she was like, okay, push. And I pushed and he lifted my leg and that baby just came like, came out, um, you know, and he, it was the most like amazing, empowering, like unbelievable moment of my life. Cause I caught him. For the first time, I got to hold my baby first, you know, mm. like, cause I had, you know, I hadn't been able to hold any of the other three when they were born. And so it was just like this, like, everything just was nothing. It was just like me and this baby. And um, he needed a couple breaths, but like, I wasn't worried. And my midwife wasn't worried. And, and, and it was just so calm. Um, and it just made such a difference. My husband was freaking out a little cause he's like, he's not crying. He's not crying. And, you know, we were just like stimulating him and, you know, kind of draining him out a little bit and then putting him back on me and just, she gave him a few breaths and, you know, within like, it probably seemed like 10 minutes. It was like 30 seconds, like a minute. And he was, you know, crying and, and fine. And, um, yeah. And, you know, and we, yeah. Tristan was born and I, I did it. Like it was, and I just kept saying over and over again, I did this, I did this, I did this. Like, you know, and I was crying and just like so happy and like, I couldn't, I couldn't believe it. Like, you know, I defied all odds and so many, we didn't even tell some of our family like what we were doing because I didn't want to hear the negative. Like I just wanted to keep everything positive for myself and my family. And you know, and then it worked out. And so it was like, you know, I, he was nine twelve, So like I birthed a nine twelve baby with shoulder dystocia naturally at home mm. after three C-sections being old and being overweight, <laughs> you know, it was just like all these things. And I had like a, the healthiest pregnancy. Like I said, like mm -hmm. I never had high blood pressure. I didn't have mm -hmm. gestational diabetes. Like I, had nothing like there was no complications and so he was here and it was just this miraculous thing and my kids were there and you know it was just it was such an awesome awesome experience um and so then five hours later I was in the ER getting a DNC because my placenta wouldn't come out <laughs> so but you know what it doesn't even matter like it's like Yes, it wasn't the ending I wanted. I wasn't, you know, I wasn't in my bed recovering with my newborn. I was in the hospital getting, you know, surgery. Um, but we were in there at 4 a.m. So I had the baby at 11. We were in there at 4 a.m. Because um, my midwife, she was worried um, about placenta, what's it called? Um, Accreta when it sticks to your C-section scars. So yeah. she's like, I just don't want to take any chances, you know? Yeah. And so I went in to the hospital and told them like what went on. I left the baby at home because 
I didn't want him being checked out and being admitted and being like, oh, you had a home birth. Like we need to do all this stuff to him. And so I was like, you know what? I'm going to leave him with my niece. And worst case scenario, like my husband can go get him and bring him to me. But we were in there at four. I was in surgery by five. And by nine o'clock, I was checking myself out because I told them, I'm like, I have a newborn to get back to. Everything's good. They wanted to keep me till the afternoon. And I was like, look, I'm a nurse and I understand you don't like these patients. I don't like these patients, but I'm going to be that patient. I was like, I will take my own IV out. I will leave against (laughs) medical advice. I'm perfectly fine. Like all my numbers are good. The surgery went great. I did not have Accreta. It was just stuck. So it was a very simple procedure. Um, I need to get home to my newborn. And they were like, "Uh, okay. (laughs) So we were home by 10 a.m. And so not me again. Not what I wanted, but it was fine. And then, you know, we could recover at home in my bed and comfortable. And, and yeah, now he's this happy, healthy, 22-pound, seven-month-old. <laughs> and oh. he is the first child who has not had eczema. He is my first child who has not um, had any, like, issue. We haven't had to go. I think all three of my kids had pneumonia at five weeks. Um, mm-hmm. It's just, like, he's just this happy, happy alert healthy baby um yeah and everyone's in love with him and yeah so yeah (laughs) I bet I bet wow how so how do you feel your um recovery was compared to those previous ones even with going into the hospital how do you feel the recoveries uh compared um I mean this recovery was it was great. I, I didn't have bad C-section recoveries. Mm. So, like, I was very lucky. Either that or, like, I just don't remember how bad they were. <laughs> because, like, um, but this recovery, it was just different. Because there was just more, I don't know, I just felt more bonded in a way. Um, you know, because... I don't know. It was just, it was just different. I wouldn't say any of them were really bad recoveries. Um, but this one was just different recovery. Yeah. Being able to access all of those hormones. Yeah. I'm sure. And like, know, I got, you know, way. and like, I wasn't like the, being in the hospital for four days was awful with the C-sections. Like by the end, I was like, get me out of here. Like I just mm-hmm. hated it. So it was nice to not have to go through that. And like, I was getting warm meals and nourishing foods. And, you know, it was just, you know, my kids were all in bed with me all the time. Like, you know, <laughs> they were doing skin to skin with the baby and, um, you know, we were reading books together and watching movies and it was just, yeah, it was really nice. So. Oh, those are beautiful memories. Yeah. I I feel like this story is just one of those just so empowering. Honestly, whether a mother is listening to this and she's experienced some of the things that you've experienced um, or, you know, checks the boxes that you've checked or not, it's, it's one of those stories where it's like, look, <laughs> Jan was able to do this after having three sections, after three C-sections, after all of these different seemingly obstacles and yet her body was still designed to give birth effectively with no intervention and it did that i think that that is so incredible to hear and um, just a beautiful example of of the gift of what our bodies are made to do and meant to do Uh, so jan I, i can't thank you enough thank you so much for coming on the happy home birth podcast and for sharing your story with us 
Yeah, no, thank you so much for having me. I'm just, you know, I hope that my story can, you know, even reach one person and just give them that feeling of like, I can do this. I'm, I was made to do this. My body, my body is strong. My body is powerful. Like my body is capable of amazing things because it really is if we're given the opportunity to allow it to do that. And so, yeah. Um, Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much. Cause I, like I said, like your podcast was like a huge part of my, my pregnancy journey. And like, as soon as I found it, I'm like, I love this. And it just on the, in the car and on my walks and all that. And my, and my kids would listen to it in the car cause I'd have it on the car. And so it's just like, yeah, we had the whole family involved and yeah. That's so. amazing. They are ready for their births in the future. They are. That's, <laughs> That's awesome. Still, thank you so much. Yeah. So even after it. everything, even after the yelling, <laughs> Awesome. Thank you so much, Jan. All right. Thank you. Oh, boy. What an episode. How incredible of a transformation did Jan have? As we head into this week's episode roundup, I've got a few points that I would love to share. Number one, you're not high risk until you're high risk. Jan's midwife said this, and I find it such a beautiful way to approach each pregnancy individually. She wasn't focusing on the past but looking at Jan and her pregnancy now. Instead of forcing fear and uncertainty onto her client, she trusted her abilities as a care provider, yes, but more importantly, she trusted Jan's ability to give birth. Next, your mindset plays such a role in your birth. As we've shared in the past, Jan's doctors pathologized her pregnancy and birth up and down, and Jan accepted what they had to say. Now, because of this, she saw herself as high risk, as a disaster waiting to happen. This totally changed for her fourth birth, and when she realized that she was designed to give birth, it changed everything. She changed her mindset and recognized that her body and her baby were not pathologies. She was able to approach this pregnancy and birth with excited anticipation, along with the knowledge that she could and would do things differently. And finally, let's end with this. It can be different this time. Maybe you've had a cesarean or several. Maybe you've had preeclampsia or gestational diabetes or any number of pathologies in the past. Remember that this experience doesn't have to be the same as last time. Give yourself space to imagine something different. Visualize it. Feel it. Find support who feels it too. Of course, consider your own risk tolerance, but know that however events do unfold, you can experience your birth from a perspective of being the authority. Okay, my friends, that's all I've got for you for today. I'll see you back here next week. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. Are you looking to extend the home birth support, encouragement, and education? Join us in our Facebook group, Happy Home Birth Podcast Community, and check us out on Instagram at Happy Home Birth Podcast.